just to give you an insight, since this is uh, for BCP Unfiltered, let me tell you how I often do this show and my YouTube show. Is the night before I look at news, I do research and what have you. It is past 10 o'clock. I try to get to bed. Not always, but today I'm trying to get to bed by 10, 30, 11. I look at a whole bunch of things that I plan on covering the next day. I looked at I look at them all. I make notes for junior number two, who will be editing it. And I, you know, I just I just make notes and I kind of put tabs and make notes on what I want to cover the next day. Then I go to sleep and my subconscious works on this information. In the morning, I often make connections that I may not have made with my conscious brain because that's how the subconscious works. Folks, there's nothing your subconscious has to do here. I want to present this to you in real time as I'm looking at it. This is a list of peer-reviewed medical papers submitted, not just to one, but to various medical journals throughout the world, that evidence that there are a whole bunch of adverse effects of the fake vaccine vaccines known as COVID-19 vaccines. They're experimental, they're dangerous, they don't work, and they are harmful. There are over 1,000, 1,000 peer-reviewed journal entries, journal entries into medical journals, that is, of adverse effects of the COVID-19 vaccines. This is absolutely incredible. To the point where I first started doing this, it took a second to upload the other pages. It just continues on and on and on and on and on. Everything from myocarditis to all types of other adverse effects. Many of these names I can't even pronounce because uh, they're medical. But there's oncological things. So there's cancers. There's reproductive issues. There's a whole bunch of uh, heart issues. There's issues with uh, breastfeeding and nursing. I'm still scrolling through this list. This doesn't end. Wow. Let's hit the introduction and get this Patriot Party started. Gotta give us what we want. Uh. Gotta give us what we need. Hey. <laughs> Our freedom of speech is freedom of death. We got to fight the powers that be. Fight the power. Welcome to BCP Unfiltered. We appreciate you being here. Whether you're watching this and supporting us on Patreon or you're watching this on Locals, or you're listening to this on Spotify. The regime of the former Vice President Joe Biden, the illegitimate occupier of the Oval Office, they don't follow the science. It's all about control. And what is one group of people they just want to control so they can easily control them in the future? Of course, children. If you get children to be complacent, I am so sickened by these families. I don't know if they're virtual signaling or they're really that stupid walking around with their children, their small children all masked up. How the hell does breathing in your own nasty air back and forth healthier than breathing fresh air, especially when they are social distance or driving in a car altogether? In my crazy mind, That almost seems like it could be child abuse or at least negligence 
in the caring of your child. Now, I'm not the kind to go and say the government should mandate everything you do with your children. I'm just saying if they were, they've absolutely got it backwards. COVID forever, mass forever, control of our children forever by the treasonous, traitorous rat bastards who hate the Constitution, hate me, hate you, hate our children, as represented by Jen Psaki. Go ahead. Jen, given that the CDC guideline still remains that masking is recommended in schools, if you are a parent, a teacher, a student living in a state where that is no longer recommended, should you still follow the CDC guideline? Yes. So even if the state is not requiring that you wear masks in the schools? Well, this is where we would advise any American to follow the CDC guidelines. And as Dr. Walensky said, and you, and you referenced, uh, they're, they're constantly evaluating, right? Because uh, the data is chi- changing, the science is changing, changing. it certainly is, is positive uh, that case numbers have come down, hospitalizations come down, and they look at all of that information. That's why it's also important to, to note the difference between leaders who are saying, we're going to leave it up to localities, local school, school districts to make decisions. Uh, no parent who wants to send their kid with a mask should be penalized. No teacher or who wants to wear a mask should be penalized, or school district who makes that choice should be penalized. Uh, but it, a lot of these decisions have been up to local school districts. In the past, we have uh, made, uh, we have funded, and we have, and we have made announcements about a number of mitigation measures, which we will continue to work with school districts to implement. So much craziness in that statement. Let me just break down a few. Okay. Essentially, no matter what the states say, children and people should still wear masks. Even though the science is changing and it's changing in our favor, they're now coming out, oh yeah, maybe masks aren't that good or whatever. It's all about control. It's never about the science. And then she says no one should be penalized for wearing a mask. No one's ever been penalized for wearing a mask. That is total doublespeak. That is totally Orwellian. Read 1984 if you know what, don't know what I'm talking about. But this is crazy. The people who have been penalized are those who aren't wearing masks, those who aren't or haven't been down with the program and followed these unconstitutional mandates. It's never been, uh, no one's ever been penalized for actually wearing a mask. That is ridiculous. So doesn't matter what the states say or do, the federal government and the lying CDC says you should continue wearing masks, even though that we were told originally that masks don't work and would be unnecessary. The same thing with vaccines. This one is a heartbreaker. Milo Edberg is a six-year-old child who received the COVID-19 poison experimental jab on December 10th. December 12th, He was back in the hospital where he remains unable to even swallow his own saliva. He was perfectly fine and then he wasn't, his mother Carrie said. Milo's life has never been the same. Born a preemie at just 23, he battled chronic lung disease his entire life. Despite his struggles, however, he learned to walk and his mother said he was alert and expressive in early December when a doctor decided he needed the vaccine. He was in the hospital for a port replacement to help with some blood sugar issues. That port placement was considered minor surgery and all went well. Milo's mother said she didn't want her son to get the shot. Milo's mother said she didn't want her son to get the shot. Milo's mother said she didn't want her son to get the shot. 
Only three Minnesota children under the age of 10 have died of the virus since the coronavirus pandemic began two years ago. Yet his doctor said that he was at special risk of having a severe case. Ultimately, Carrie abided by the doctor's recommendation after being told that the shot was safe and harmless. I went against my gut and said, okay, do what she said. Unfortunately, you can't go back in time, she now recalls. I support vaccines, but this one has been tough. Okay, people support vaccines, but this isn't a vaccine. This is poison. Only 10 children have died of the virus. The doctor said her child is at high risk. He took the shot and two days later, he is worse for it. He was vaccinated on December 10th and discharged from the hospital hours later. He was gasping for air at home later the next evening. She dialed 911 as her son's symptoms progressed. Young Milo was transported back to Masonic. I'm not really digging the name of this hospital. On the 12th, where he was in, uh, intubated and diagnosed with myocarditis. There we go again. He remains... Uh, he's remained there for a month and a half and is still in the hospital. Nearly two months later, he can't sit up on his own. All this time, the doctors haven't been able to clearly explain Milo's affliction, his mother said. They literally have no answers. Of course they have answers. The answer was that they told the mother to give an experimental jab at her son, and now he's paying the price. Milo can't sit up. He can't stand up. Here's Milo before being hospitalized. Are right, you Ready? Come here, honey. Look at you walking. Yeah. And now you see these pictures. Little Milo has myocarditis and he can't walk. Folks, not the only parent suffering because of this whole scandemic, plandemic, vaccine, all of the other stuff. Check this out. There's a single mom of five. She faces a year in prison because she let her daughter 14 babysit the siblings during the beginning of the COVID scamdemic. And a year later, this case is still going on. And by the way, 14-year-olds can legally babysit children. The four-year-old, you know, left for a few minutes, went down to the neighbor's house. The, the, the daughter, who was 14 and watching you know, supposedly watching. She was, you know, doing her homework because the schools were shut down and there was no daycare. So she was, you know, the mom had to go to work. The 14-year-old could go to school, was watching the four-year-old son, uh, the four-year-old boy. He was found safe 15 minutes later, but the neighbor, the child, her child was a friend of the four-year-old, called the police and this is what's happening. A single mother faces one year in prison after she let her 14-year-old daughter babysit her siblings when she went to work at the beginning of the pandemic, an act some are calling reckless and others defend as an act of a desperate mother. Yeah, it's reckless that a a mother of five children has to go to work to support her family, and during the pandemic, there's no schools and there's no daycare, so her child must stay home with school to do school and take care of her child. What what should she do? Have her family starve to death? This is before all the handouts and all the stimulus and all of that stuff. Melissa Henderson is charged with criminal reckless conduct after she left her children under the care of her eldest child, 14 years old, in May 2020 when COVID shut down their dare care center. Here's an article from Fortune. 16,000 child care providers shut down in the pandemic. 
it's a really big deal. Child care providers shut down in the pandemic. A child care center, by definition, takes care of more than one child. This is thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of children that were not in, in child care because of the pandemic. Melissa was one of the people that had to deal with this. Lindley was her daughter, was reportedly engaging in online learning and did not notice that her four-year-old brother, Thaddeus, pretty cool name, had slipped out of the house when he saw his friend outside and went to play with him. About 10 minutes later, Lindley noticed he was gone and found him at his friend's house down the street. But in the meantime, the friend's mom called the police and about two weeks later, Henderson was arrested in front of her children. If convicted, Henderson faces a maximum penalty of one year in prison and a fine of $1,000. You can see, here's a mother, here's her five children. Not going to get into why there's not a father in the house. She's got to provide for her five children to be comfortable. This is what responsible parents do. This is what happened. She was handcuffed and arrested in front of her children. She was taken to Union County Jail, where she remembers calling up a ball in the corner and just wanting to hide. Eventually, her ex-husband bailed her out. The, the criminal proceedings have been uh, ongoing for two years, as her attorney, David Delugas, argues the charge is unconstitutional and seeks to get it dismissed. But check this out. The Georgia Supreme Court ruled in 1997 that charging a mom for a normal parenting decision is unconstitutional. In that case, Hall versus State, a mom left her 11-year-old babysitting her younger sibling who died in a tragic accident. We don't know why the ex-husband wasn't involved in this, folks. That's what I meant to say. I don't like when they say single mothers. It's better saying a divorced single mother. But look what happened in this Hall versus State. A mom left her 11-year-old babysitting her younger sibling, and that sibling died in an accident. And the court ruled that the reckless conduct statute is susceptible to arbitrary enforcement, with the majority ruling that the state failed to contend that the reckless conduct is violated by many parents on a daily basis, often due to necessity, where they have to leave an older child to care for their younger siblings while the parents work or attend to other business. And by the way, as I said before, in Georgia, a child can babysit at the age of 13 with a parent's permission. She's the parent. These are her children. Now, once again, even if the father were there, he probably would have to work too. What situation would they be in? And unfortunately, folks, oh, you're so sexist. You're part of the patriarchy. This is why traditionally, folks, mothers have stayed home to take care of their children while fathers worked. But with inflation and things happening, it's tough to survive on one household income. I'll tell you, for us, it's been very important. And for most of my adult life, I've made a good living since I graduated from college, at least. But I had I had uh, my business. I did uh, construction financing. So, you know, small commercials, things, strip malls and things like that and, and, and spec home builders. When that came crashing down, I had some savings that I wrote out for a while, but then things got really rough. I was in a business that literally was decimated. It happens. But we made a sacrifice early on. My wife and I said, hey, we are not going to keep up the Joneses. We're not going to have the standard of living that other people have with our income because we're not going to have two incomes. Mrs. BCP and myself decided, hey, I'm going to work. You're going to stay home with the children, at least while they're little. 
but not everyone can do that. Let's just be honest. Everyone can do that. With high prices, you live in California, very tough to survive on one income. And by necessity, often both parents have to work. This mother had to go to work and now she, and she was thrown in jail and faces prison time because the daycares and the schools and the 14-year-old was a little negligent. She was 14 years old doing her schoolwork. Got distracted. And now the mother's paying the price for something that she shouldn't be. Who should be paying the price is China, damn it. And Fauci and all these people that manufactured a, with gain of function, a sickness that was put on the world so that they could steal the election of 2020 and then used uh, use that. Well, let's put, the, let's put it this way. The sickness was created to sell the vaccine, which is the actual poison. That's my opinion, and you're not going to sway me from it. COVID was released too early to help the Democrats steal the election for Joey in 2020. Check this out, folks. They want to control our children and make us suffer. Here's what the teacher's union boss, Randy Weingart, says about when children should be unmasked. Randy, we understand the concern over safety for teachers and kids, obviously, but take Chicago, which a few weeks ago the the teachers were out for a few days. Ninety percent of the teachers in that union there were vaccinated. So with those vaccination rates, what Dr. McBride just told us about masks not particularly being effective for children, what's the argument against taking off masks in schools? Well, the argument is that you have, well, let me just say this. I am in favor of an off-ramp on masks. Right. The real issue becomes, are, is, the, is, is the spread low enough so that there's no dissemination or transmission in schools? The off-ramp, according to Weingarten here, who represents the teachers' union, the off-ramp is when there's no transmission of COVID in schools. When there's zero transmission, when there, nothing is happening. Even though the mortality rate for children who get COVID is very, very low. And if you take out comorbidity, uh, comorbidity it's even, essentially, it goes down to zero statistically. Never quite zero, but such a, a minuscule amount. You should be more worried about if your child's uh, seat in your car is securely fastened that your child is not going to drown or die of something else. Statistically, there'll be higher deaths and those other things than having to worry about Omicron or any variant. And then as they're asking her this, and part of this thing too is an MSNBC is making a case all of a sudden that masks are bad for kids because of social anxiety, that the masks don't work, that they they, they breed. I mean, what a, what a flip-flop on MSNBC. What is going on here, folks? All of a sudden, the narrative is changing. I've been pointing this out. From mask and vax to all of a sudden, the left Democrats and their mockingbird Muppet media is changing their tune. This is all of a sudden, folks. This is over the last week. Check out this live from Weingarten that she says next. The question, remember, Lucy is a doctor. I am not a doctor. I listen to the doctors in terms of what we should do. Um, but um, but that is a lie. She doesn't listen to the doctors on what they should do. Remember, 
the doctors listen to her on what they should do. Like we're supposed to forget this scandal, which was a scandal only for us uh, uh, who are paying attention, but not for everyone else. When this same teacher's union boss, Randy Weingarten, admitted on camera that Biden's CDC asked them for language on reopening school guidance and they used the language that came from the teachers union the doctors did what they said they didn't do what the doctor said here's here are the receipts you call it normal though i guess the in the write-up of the post saying those two suggestions that you offered at least your organization offered make it nearly verbatim in the final draft do you call that normal as far as the ability to do that look um pedro we, they asked us for language and we gave them language when they asked us for it. There you go. Miss Weingarten very clearly saying that they asked her for language and she gave it to them. The teachers unions telling the CDC doctors what the guidance should be, not the teachers getting guidance from the CDC. I'm a poet and didn't even know it. All right, folks, but uh, some people are going to need a fourth jab. That's just how it's going to come down. Here's Dr. Fauci in a Q&A session yesterday, and he's asked about the fourth, uh, a fourth booster. And even though it tries to downplay, well, we don't know what's going to go on. He's preparing that some people are going to indeed need a fourth booster even after five months. Absolutely incredible. COVID and experimental jabs forever. Hi there. Thank you very much. Uh, Dr. Fauci, can you talk a little bit more about what you think the data show now of the need for shots beyond a third dose, beyond a booster? As you know, boosters are being given as early as five months. We are approaching five months uh, now for some of the first folks who got it. What do we know about how often or if further shots will be needed going forward, and in particular, whether we might need specific types of shots for any variant? Now, yeah, thank you for that question. That's obviously an issue that have been followed very closely because, as I've said in answer to questions on previous press conferences, similar questions, is that you follow individuals for a period of time after the third dose and you measure a number of phenomenon. You measure laboratory phenomenon, but you measure the real world data on the efficacy in preventing, for example, hospital visits as well as hospital and I believe that you're going to be hearing data about that as they data become available, and that should not be within a very long period of time. I think you should be appreciative of the fact that when you're talking about any decisions that will be made, and I'm not anticipating any of that now, but it has to be put into the context of whom you are talking about. For example, there may be the need for yet again another boost, in this case, a fourth dose boost for an individual receiving the mRNA that could be based on age as well as underlying conditions. So I don't think you're going to be hearing, if you do, any kind of recommendations that would be across the board for everyone. It very likely will take into account what subset of people have a diminished or not uh, protection against the important parameters such as hospitalization. COVID and experimental poison jabs forever. Some of y'all are going to be receiving recommendations to get yet a second booster 
a fourth shot. Now, folks, I want to end with this. There's something going on here. Yes, part of it is the 2022 midterm elections, but the absolute crazy quick reversal across the board, whether it's MSNBC, CNN, the blue state governors, but now we've got here Dr. Fauci. Let me show you this. This report from CNBC. U.S. COVID fatalities reach highest level in a year. I'm recording this on the 10th of February, Thursday. This is from 10 days ago. U.S. COVID fatalities reached the highest levels in a year and the Omicron cases are subsiding. We also have this. We are, according to Fauci, according to Fauci, we are now coming out of a pandemic phase. Fauci says we are heading out of the full-blown pandemic phase of COVID-19. The most optimistic I've heard him in a long time, maybe ever. And this is from Washington correspondent for Financial Times, in which they have this article where Biden's top medical advisor, Fauci, says Americans soon will make own decisions on dealing with the virus. They've been controlling everyone this whole time. And now that three weeks after the highest fatality rate, all of a sudden, the pandemic phase is done. The U.S. is heading out of the full-blown pandemic phase of COVID-19, Joe Biden's chief medical advisor said, as he predicted a combination of vaccinations, treatments, and prior infection would soon make the virus more manageable. Dr. Anthony Fauci told the Financial Times he hoped there would be an end to the all-pandemic-related restrictions in the coming months, including mandatory wearing of masks. In his most optimistic comments about the trajectory of the pandemic since the emergence of the Omicron coronavirus variant, Fauci outlined a scenario in which local health departments would lead the response to the virus rather than the Biden administration. Probably another factor is that the Biden administration is losing on this topic. But folks, are they trying to give us a few months of nothing and then reversing it right before the 2022 midterm election so they can rig the elections and steal it again? I don't know, folks. All I know is there's something else going on besides what's being told us. Three weeks ago, Omicron is the worst thing and the, the fatalities are up. And 10 days later, less than two weeks later, we now have that we are coming out of the pandemic phase and all these blue state governors relaxing mandates. Put your thoughts down below. I'm curious to see what besides the midterms and elections could be at play here? And also the, the, the terrible polling of Biden. So I've suggested those three things, but I think there's something else going on. You connect the dots and let me see your analysis, conclusion or thoughts or hypothesis down below. Thanks for being here on BCP Unfiltered. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, another episode. Until then, ciao, goodbye, God bless. Gotta give us what we want. Uh, gotta give us what we need.